Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Wow, that's awesome. Good morning, Simple Church. How are you today? Let me just make sure I'm in the right place. If you're here, raise your hand. I just want to see. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we had, we had that taken care of. My name is uh, Scott Harvey, and it's a real privilege and honor to uh, step in for the talk this morning for Pastor Aaron. He's kind of a cool guy. Uh, if you, you, you agree with me? Would you agree? He's pretty cool. Yeah, I would give it up for him. He's a cool guy. Pretty decent most of the time. If you're joining by a Periscope today and you're doing church in your pajamas or underwear, God bless you. Um, that's amazing. Uh, at some point, I got to try that. I'm going to try that at some point. That's really good. Hey, we have a we serve a God of miracles. Is that fair to say? And I, I actually experienced a miracle conversion this past week. I don't know. Maybe some of you had this too. How many of you miraculously became Atlanta Falcons fans just instantly, just? overnight, like there's no way I'm rooting for the Patriots at this point. Okay, so there's, there's a couple that experienced that miracle uh, conversion as well. That's awesome. Oh, I heard, don't boo. Jesus loves us all. Um, so there, we have an announcement just to make sure you are aware. This week, grow groups start up. All right. Who's ready for that? Yeah. Listen. Oh, give it up for grow groups. I love it. Yeah. There are three ways you can sign up. I don't know if you saw, but there's a really cool high-tech kiosk in the lobby. Please make sure you see that today. Uh, or you can sign up on your smartphone app, or you can sign up on the website. So please make sure you go to one of those three ways. We're going to continue the talking kind of series that started last week called Small Things, Big Difference. We're talking about thoughts. So I just want to survey. Again, how many of you were here? You're here today, but how many of you were here last week? Raise your hand. Okay, so how many of you from last week's talk, you came up with one word? How many of you came up with one word? I just want to see some hands here. Okay. Okay, for the rest of you, I'm going to give you your one word. It's procrastination. That's your one word. Your one word for today, unless you were here last week. So we're talking about thoughts today. And this is one of those messages as I was preparing for it. and, And you kind of heard the lady in the video talking about, oh, I'm not good enough. All these other people, they have it all together. And this thought came to me. What if the people that we think have it all together are just better at hiding the fact that they don't have it all together. Maybe, maybe that's really what, because if we're really honest, can we all be honest? None of us have it all together. Is that fair to say? Amen. All right, I'm in the same boat with you. So listen, we're talking about thoughts today and how those thoughts impact our lives. And I just want to give you a couple of key things to chew on uh, and ways that you can make those thoughts align for your best purpose, for God's best purpose for you. Uh, It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. I'll say it again. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. So I've been on this great like fitness and weight loss journey and, and doing all this crazy awesome workouts and MMA boxing and going to the, some of these boot camps with people. And, and they'll tell you, the trainer tells you, it's not the first 30 minutes that really make an impact. 
It's when everybody wants to quit and you go that extra five, that 10, that extra set, that extra rep, that extra five minutes of workout. And, and I'm going to be real honest with you in doing some of these boot camps. Like, uh, in my head, I'm thinking every bad word Christians aren't allowed to say. I don't say them, but I'm thinking them. And then I have to repent later. And to be honest, some of you are thinking them too, because I've been in class with you, and I've seen the look on your face. So I, I know that's happening. But listen, thoughts are important because what we dwell on, thoughts become words. Thoughts become words. Words become our actions. The actions you regularly do become your habits. And then ultimately, your habits impact or determine your destiny. That's powerful to consider. Life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Think about this amazing Scripture. I'm going to go to Proverbs 23.7. So if you have the Version app or your Bible with you, Proverbs 23.7. It's one of the most impactful Scriptures in all of Proverbs for me. And it's real short, and it's simple, but it's something amazing to ponder. And it simply says this, for as a man or a woman, as he thinks in his heart, so is he, so is she. What you think in your heart determines your outcome. I heard an amazing talk one time by a speaker. He's uh, one of the TEDx speakers. You've probably seen him around. And he was sharing, he likes to do these extreme events, extreme sports and things. Does anybody do extreme stuff out there? Uh, no? Okay, good. I'm in good company. Nobody wants to jump on a shark and stab him with a knife or anything that extreme. That's fair. So he loves to do these extreme sports. And he decided out of the blue in his 40s, I'm going to learn to race a NASCAR car, Right? which is just not something you decide to do in your 40s. But he's like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to get in the car with a trainer. I'm going to get on the track. I'm going to learn to race this car at top NASCAR speeds. And he's in the car with his instructor. And his instructor says, whatever you look at, that's the direction the car is going to go. Even if you want to go left, if you start looking at that wall when that force, that, that centrifugal force, that momentum starts to, to, you start to feel that you're pushing against, if you look at the wall, you're going to crash. Don't look at the wall. If you do look at the wall and I'm in the car with you, I'm going to jerk your head around and make you look at the track so we don't crash and die. Interestingly enough, he gets in the car. He gets through the first lap. He gets up to the second lap. He finally gets up to pushing top speed, and he feels the, the force, the momentum of that car. And guess what he said he started to look at? Look at the wall. And guess which direction the car started to go? It started to go to the Right, and guess what the instructor did? He, he didn't jerk the wheel, he jerked his helmet around to focus on the track so he would make that turn, and they didn't die. It's powerful to think about. The focus of your thoughts determines your direction. If you think you can't, you probably won't, right? If you think you can, though, you, you probably, probably will, probably will. If, if you dwell on your problems, and we all have problems, some of us don't just have problems, we got problems. You know, when they get so heavy, you got to drop some letters out, it's like, Lord, I got problems now. So many. But if you focus on those, they're going to overwhelm you. They're going to overwhelm you. And we're in an overwhelmed society in America. We focus on our problems to the point that we have to prescribe away our stress. But if you look for opportunities... Amazingly, miraculously enough, opportunities start to appear, right? 
They were there all the time. It's just where was your focus? Where was my focus? If you feel like a victim, you're going to become one. If you feel like you can overcome, then you become an overcomer. How many of you ever heard of uh, the person Star Parker? Star Parker. She's, she runs an organization called Urban Cure, and I found this amazing little story. She's, she shares, she was, uh, this came from Today's Christian Woman, and she starts to share a little bit about her story and her sordid past. This was a woman who was, let's go to give you her exact words, came from a life of drug abuse, crime, promiscuity, multiple abortions, and welfare dependency to become an outspoken speaker on social policy and the think tank called Coalition of Urban Affairs, and she shares what changed her life. This was just another quote-unquote statistic, another girl from the inner city having multiple kids by multiple men, multiple abortions, multiple drug addictions, living in public housing, and everybody around her would give up on her, but Jesus but Jesus. And in her testimony she shares, she encountered the love of God. And through a process of her mind renewal, changing what she thought, what she believed, and what she focused on, she freed herself from drug addiction, right? She's now married. She has kids. She's off of welfare. She's living a prosperous life. And and God thoughts or God-directed thoughts played a major role in this life transformation, because she changed what she focused on. So she changed her expectations. So I think right now what I'd like to do with everyone is we're going to do a thought audit, okay, a thought audit. Call it a thought it, if you will, all right? We're going to put that together. I'm going to give a little scale up here. Let's say it's just one to ten, and on one side is going to be one term, and way over here is going to be another term. And I want you just to mentally check off where you are on these categories, okay? So the first category is worried versus being peaceful. Worried versus being peaceful. Scale of one way over here is super worried. Over here, 10 is going to be, I'm super peaceful. So, if you are worried this week, this past week, you worried about your kids, spend a lot of time worrying about money, maybe health issues, maybe your future, worried because you feel like your job's on the line, there's issues at home, worried because the marriage isn't going that good, worried because the cat's gone. To me, that's a reason to celebrate. Don't like cats. Just saying, oh, don't give me that. Dogs are way better. Um, I would be worried if my dog left. Is that, is that fair to say? Or if my sea monkeys died? I don't know. But let's say just put yourself on that scale, 1 to 10. Where are you at? This past week, if we analyzed all your thoughts, you audited all your thoughts, were you more towards the worried side? Scale 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Were you more towards the peaceful side? 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Go ahead and give yourself a number. Write it on your notes or just check it off in your head right now. Where are you at on that scale? 1 to 10. Everybody have their number? Don't shout it out. Have your number? Let's go to the next one. Positive versus negative. So here's negative way over here at number one versus positive way over here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and nine, ten. Did you spend a lot of this week negative in, wor- in that where you may be critical of people, critical of family members, critical of yourself, finding fault in what you did, feeling disconnected? feeling harassed by your kids, or were you believing the best in people? Even if they did something that made you mad, were you still like giving them the benefit of the doubt? Did you feel like life was good? Did you feel like you had an optimistic future? Give yourself a number, one to ten. Were you more negative or positive? One, two, three, four, five, or to the positive side? All right, does everybody have a number? Raise your hand if you have your number in your head. 
Don't shout it out loud. All right. Now, now we're going to go to a more spiritual aspect or category, worldly thinking versus thinking for eternity, okay? Worldly way over here, number one, thinking for eternity way over here, number 10. Was your mind consumed with this life? Just what you had to do to get by today, pay the bills today. What am I going to do this, this, this day, this week? Were you focused on, ah, I got all my stuff, and I got, but I needed more stuff. This TV's not good enough. This phone's not good enough. This computer's not good enough. I need a new one. My car's not good enough. I need a new one. My man's not good enough. I need a new one. Whatever, whatever you're focusing on, were you focused on right now, what you wanted right now, or were you focused on making an eternal difference in li- people's lives? Were you focused on giving, reaching people, loving God, loving others? Give yourself a score, one to ten. One way over here, we're focused just on what's going on right now in the world versus real eternal, real eternal focus. All right, does everybody have their number for category number three? Raise your hand, just want to see. All right, now, if you did not give yourself a ten all three times, then this message is for you. And guess what? I didn't give myself a 10 all three times either. This message is for me, so I'm excited about this. Listen, Romans 12, 2, one of my favorite scriptures, says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How does God transform you? Does He, does he do something supernatural and crazy spiritual? Check this out. It, it, he does this. By changing the way you think. Wow. Changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Romans 12, verse 2. So how do we change the way we think? I'm going to give you two key bullets I think you can take home today, and it'll really make a difference. Let's talk about the first one. Number one is we got to learn to capture destructive thoughts. Just got to capture them. They're going to come. I get them all the time. You're going to get them too. We've got to capture destructive thoughts. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, address this topic for us. So think about this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, as a young person, I read this. I got this like picture in my head of like cosmic battle and like angels and demons with like, you know, heavenly lightsabers like battling each other, cosmic power and everything. But if you look at the next scripture, it actually is much more practical than that type of picture. It says this, we demolish arguments. You ever argue with yourself? It's fine to argue with yourself, just don't do it out loud. That's the key difference there. If you can avoid doing it out loud, you're, 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 you're golden. We also demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Where does knowledge take place? Where do we store knowledge? Our mind, our brain. So this is the battle we're in, and we take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, what are you saying to yourself about yourself and about others? What are you saying about your life circumstances? I'm never going to get out of this bankruptcy situation. I'm never going to get off this addiction. Marriage is never going to get better. Maybe it's time to trade in, give up, tune out. 
I can't. I won't get that promotion. I'm just not good enough. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. Can't change me. Never going to be happy. I've smoked for 42 years, and I'm not about to be able to stop now. There's this really cool app I, f- I found um, kind of downloading, and I'm going to pull up on version so you can get a picture. If you have an iPad or iPhone, you can actually uh, download this as well. It's an app by a ministry called Truth or Trash. You can find it in the, the uh, Apple Store, Truth or Trash. And if you don't have an iPhone and you're stuck with Android like me, you can actually download a 30-day devotional on version called Truth or Trash. What's great about this devotional is it's designed for parents to work with kids. And what happens is this app or this devotional kind of trains kids and, and adults on how to pick out what's a trash thought versus what's a true thought. All right, so they get the ability, there's a button and there's like, this thing comes up like, my value is found in the fact that people like me. Is that truth or trash? And you want that kid to go, that's trash, boom. My value is not found in whether people like me, it's found in who God made me to be, right? So I wanted to give you this one. This was really cool. This was day three's devotional content. Truth or trash, having the most Instagram likes makes me important. Truth or trash, you say? Trash, Absolutely. If you asked your Instagram friends those questions, how many would they get right? Do they really know you? Having Instagram likes might be good, but having friends you spend time with is better. No matter what, though, God is the best, your best friend. You have a friend in high places, and he knows your name. You are famous because God knows you. Well, that's a message that I want young people to hear. I want some young adults to hear it as well. It's easy after a major tragedy, to become stuck in what happened. It's easy after a major life change to become stuck in what happened. It's easy coming back from life battle or a major illness or even the war zone and be stuck in what happened. It's easy to come away thinking, I can't make a difference in what I did. The divorce is done. I can't take the affair back, can't make a difference. I'm just broke, that's never gonna change. I'm just a mean old snake, that's never gonna change. It's easy to think that, but that's not what we do if we're capturing destructive thoughts. We gotta take that attitude of I can't make a difference and turn it into, it's not about what I did, it's about who God says I am. That's a different thought. That's a a thought that's obedient to Christ. We can say, I'm stuck in life. I'm stuck in a rut. You know, a rut's nothing but a grave with the ends kicked out. I'm just stuck in that. We could say that, or we can capture that thought and say, no, I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. I don't live as as a loser. I don't live stuck anymore. I live as an overcomer. You can say, "Mm, I've blown it. That's it. That's it. Going to jail forever. Going to lose my family forever. Going to lose my job. I've blown it. Or you can say, you know what? God works all things for good to those who love Him. And capture that thought and bring it captive to the obedience of Christ. So number one is capture those destructive thoughts. Point number two today in this talk is so powerful. And it says this, fix your thoughts on spiritual things. Fix your thoughts on spiritual things. So in Philippians 4.8, which is also an amazing scripture. Actually, there's a book out that I highly recommend. You can even pick it up from the library. It's called The 4.8 Principle. And it's based on this scripture, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Now, Paul, our, the apostle, wrote this scripture from prison, from a Roman prison. These were not good prisons. 
These prisons tend to have you shackled to walls by which open sewer ducts would pass right by you where the waste of the city would travel. That's the type of prison Paul was in. Our prisons today would be club med compared to what he dealt with in a Roman prison. And in spite of that persecution for being a Christian, for being a preacher and apostle of Jesus Christ, he wrote these words, in prison. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, and think on things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you. It's easier said than done, but that's the 4A principle in life. I'm just going to share a little bit about how this word became so impactful for me. Some of you know a little bit about my story. Some of you don't. Several years back, I was a full-time pastor in uh, Virginia, and there were three things that I lived for, three things that absolutely defined my existence, defined my thinking, defined my focus, took the bulk of my time. Number one was being a husband to an amazing Christian woman. She was the love of my life. I'd known her since kindergarten. Number two was being a father to our son. He was my adopted son from her first marriage, but he was my son. I raised him since he was seven. I love being a husband. I love being a father. I love being a pastor. I love taking care of my students, my kids. I have kids that I've been uh, ministering to since they were in you know, their young ages, and now they're getting married and having kids, and that makes me feel really old, so I don't need any more help in the department of feeling old, but I'm there. So I live for those three things. I live for being a husband, a father, and a pastor. <clears throat> and over a period of a series of years, my wife had dealt with multiple health challenges with, with cancer actually three bouts of cancer. It started as breast cancer. It came back a uh, second time uh, in the breast, but it had metastasized into the bones. And the third time, it got into the vital organs. And just a few short years ago, I lost my wife to that third bout of cancer. So one of the things that I lived for was gone. My son, he grew up like all young kids do. They want to branch out on their own. So he moved out, and he was dealing with his own grieving of losing his mom. So I felt like I lost being a dad. And even just a few years before then, because of bad financial decisions at the church, they fired me. And then they told me, you kind of can't stay here because the kids and the families will still stay focused on you. So we kind of need you to leave. And I lost being a pastor. So I lost the three things in my life that mattered. I lost my identity, and I reached a point of being so low that I wouldn't have committed suicide, but I did pray. I said, God, I'm okay with not waking up tomorrow. I'm okay. If, if you're done, I'm done. I'm just done because I can't take this mental pain anymore. I can't take losing everything and feeling worthless. And my thoughts weren't healthy. My thoughts weren't positive. And it's been a battle sometimes daily, to go for a principle, to think and focus. But through those meditative practices, my thoughts change. My life is changing. My faith is changing. It's been a journey, but I'm happy again in so many ways. And I see positive things, and I see people's lives still being changed, and I still see God being able to work through me and in me for His good pleasure. 
So whatever you're facing today, I want to tell you, what you focus on is what you're going to find. There's two types of birds out there that I can think of. There's the concept of the vulture, right, and the hummingbird. And what does the vulture spend all day looking for? Looks for dead carcasses, dead things, decay. Spends all day circling, looking for something that's about to die or dead. He focuses on that, and guess what he finds? Dead things. Hummingbird goes out. What's a hummingbird searching for? Nectar, sweet things, life. And then he pollinates flower to flower, and as he captures life, he helps spread life, give life. Listen, you can go out there every single day and find dead things in your life, proverbially speaking. You can focus on finding the, the dead things, or you can focus on finding the sweet things. It's your choice. It's your choice. Be a hummingbird because you're going to find what you're looking for. And the reality is for some of us in this room today, you are one thought away from completely changing your life. One thought that's been holding you down, that's been anchoring you back, that if you will let that go, God can revolutionize you. One thought. So how do you wake up each day? What is that first thought? What happens? Where do you go mentally? Do you go to a place of positivity? Do you allow other things to focus? Do you just flip on the TV and get bad news or start an instant fight with the kids because they won't get up on time? Or maybe the first thing you do is open up your YouVersion app and read the Scripture or put on the, you know, a worship song, or put on the latest podcast from Pastor Aaron, or refocus your mind and refocus your heart and refocus your spirit. Well, maybe for some of you, the first thing you need to do is go to the bathroom. Before you do anything, go ahead. It's fine. Go ahead and take care of that first. Then the second thing should be focus your mind, because I can't focus until number one's taken care of, right? I'm with you right there. I'm with you right there. But what are you focusing on? When you're in the car, are you focusing on the horrible traffic on 270? Or do you switch the radio to something that's positive and uplifting? Do you do, you do something? I'm not going to say put a cassette in because I don't want to show my age because I know half of this room doesn't even know what a cassette is anymore. Do you focus that mind? Do you take it to a better place? That's what the Scripture says to do. So last week you were given a task to come up with one word, one word. This week I'm going to challenge you to come up with one thought that will direct your year for 2017. One thought. What is one thought that you can wake up with every day and say to yourself, what is it? You come up with it. It it doesn't have to be anything special. It doesn't have to be anything long or profound. But what is one God thought that you hear Him saying to you right now? For some of you, it might be, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I don't know. That works for some people. For some of you, maybe you have been so stressed out in 2016, you were going to say, you know what? There is a special rest waiting for the people of God. Maybe you're just going to quote a scripture, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe that's what it is for you. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what you need. I can't control everything in my life right now, so I'm going to trust God with everything I can't control. I can't control that I'm sharing kids with my ex. I can't control that I'm fighting this addiction, so I'm going to trust God with the stuff I can't control. I can't control my crabby boss, so I'm going to trust God with what I can't control. You know what? Maybe I thought in 2016 I could never change, but in 2017, with God's help, I can change. I can be different. I can be new. I can be a new creation. Small change, big difference. 
Psalm 104, verse 34 says this, may all your thoughts be pleasing to Him. What a difference life becomes, how different it becomes when we realign our thoughts to think the same way God thinks about us. There's an old fable, old story, it's probably very based in fact, and it's how they train elephants for the circus. And the story goes that as you see young elephants brought into the circus, maybe they're born or they're captured, they tend to have them with very heavy chains on their their legs and ankles because as a young elephant, they try constantly to get away. They struggle against this massive chain, and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and they struggle until they realize, what's the point? I'm never going to get out of this chain, and they mentally give up. That's why when you and I see that trained elephant, they're no longer on a giant, bulky, heavy chain. They can direct them with a, with a rope on their ankle and with just a little corded whip because they've taken the ability to break free out of the elephant's mind. Now, at any moment, an adult elephant could snap the chain or the rope that holds him back, but he or she doesn't think they can anymore, so they can't. And I'm telling you, by the power of Jesus Christ, 2017 is your year to get back your break-free mind. I can break free. I'm not going to be stuck in these chains anymore. I'm not going to believe what I believed about myself in 2016. I'm a break-free Christian. That's where we're going. Who's excited? Who's ready for that journey? I know I am. Amen. So listen, I just want to ask if we could just very respectfully uh, bow our heads for a moment and close our eyes. Nothing special about bowing your head. It's just a reverent fact, reverent factor. Nothing about special or magical about closing your eyes other than it just gives you time to focus on you, you and Jesus. I just want to ask a question. For everybody that's here watching on Periscope, how many of you would say, just by show of hands or, or message in, you know what? I am going to seek God seriously from my one thought, and I'm going to let that thought direct my year. Would you, if that's you, if you're joining me in that task, with every head bowed, just raise your hand. I just want to see who's going to join me in that task. Say, you know what? This year, I am seeking God for one thought. Thank you so much. You can put those hands down. I appreciate that. Let's, let's just pray right now for that. Father, you see your people. They've come in hungry and thirsty for change, and you've given them this truth in your word that changing our thoughts changes our life. So, God, I pray for everyone who raised a hand who's wanting to take that active step of faith that you help us find your thought, that God thought for us this year that will change our lives, that will direct 2017 to be different than any other year before it. Every head still bowed and eyes closed. I just want to ask you, you know what, if you were real honest with where you've lived this week, this month, maybe this past year, you just don't have that active, vibrant God relationship that maybe you once had or maybe you've never had it. But right now, you're just being real honest and you know what? I don't have that active God relationship where I'm talking to Him, where I'm listening to Him, where I, I acknowledge Jesus as my Lord and I live like He's my Lord. But today, I want that active relationship. I want God changing my thoughts. I want God changing my life. I want God changing my destiny. I want heaven on earth and heaven in eternity. And if that's you today saying, I, enough is enough, I'm going to become a breakthrough believer again. If that's you, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. 
Amen for those hands. Can we all pray together so nobody feels left out? Say this, dear Jesus, I acknowledge you, the Son of God, the Lord of my life, the Lord of my mind. I acknowledge that you died for my sins. You rose again from the grave so I could become a believer. I confess you, my Lord. I turn away from my sin, including my wrong thinking. And I pray, Jesus, you make me a breakthrough believer. You change my life by changing my mind. And let me never be the same, ever, ever, ever. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, you're proud somebody else prayed it. Can we celebrate? Because hands went up in here. God is good, and he is changing lives.